Hi, good morning and welcome to another episode of Immunology on France Science Art. And today I'm going to be talking about MHC or the Major Histocompatibility Complex. Uh, this is a real tough topic for a lot of students because conceptually it's something that's never been introduced. I, I, I don't know what actually is taught at uh, sort of the age of 15 anymore in biology very much. Um, but I think that I certainly didn't learn about it. And MHC is a molecule that is essentially found on every single cell in your body uh, that has a nucleus. And it identifies your cells as you. So when you're learning about your nucleus and you're learning about other cellular organelles, like your mitochondrion and your centrioles, you remember the centrioles, those are those things that look like celery in the middle of your cell, you know, we're given this little snapshot and it's actually quite incorrect. It's sort of this benign uh, translation and, and you always get this artistic impression of what something looks like and frankly it, it looks a bit crappy. Um, so the MHC molecule is this fascinating little protein that is unique and every single cell in your body has the same unique identifier. Uh, which, as I've said, is unique to you. And it is the thing that when you give someone an organ transplant and you say to someone, you, you know, you've heard that you get rejection if you, you can't just give someone a kidney. Well, what This is because the MHCs are recognised as being foreign. That's the thing that enables our immune system to say, hey, hang on, that's, that's not from you, that's from somebody else. Uh, so the MHC, the major histocompatibility complex, um, has this this big role, and we're never never told about it. Anyway, uh, on to today's uh, lecture, which is essentially describing this in a lot detail, a lot of detail. Not only why uh, it does what it does, um, but you know its role, its importance, and how it enables our adaptive immune response um, to kind of uh, recognize foreignness, not just in the sense of foreign cells, even from the same individual but to recognise when you have a viral infection. The MHC allows us to do that. So if we sort of go back to sort of the, the beginning, the ability to recognise foreign proteins or antigens is essentially the hallmark of the adaptive immune response. So the fact that your T cells can recognise tiny, tiny little protein fragments called antigens is essentially what makes your adaptive immune response your adaptive immune response and there are two ways of recognizing these tiny antigens um, one is on your on your adaptive immune response one is your t-cell receptors your t-cell antigen receptors uh, these enable our t-cells to recognize these tiny little foreign molecules and the other are the antibodies we produce antibodies against a virus and it's really the uh, viral proteins against which we're raising our antibodies and not not really the proteins even then it's fragments of these proteins and these antigens are essentially what the MHC is presenting so this the the adaptive immune response cannot go forwards without an antigen these are the tools of recognition but what the MHC does is it enables the uh, the sort of antigen to be recognized but how do we get foreign antigen into our cells foreign antigen can be in our cells 
uh, either because the cell itself has phagocytosed it. So if you happen to have um, a phagocyte, you're busy phagocytosing all of this foreign material, that's one way. Another way is obviously if you are infected yourself. So if you have a virus and the virus essentially injects its viral RNA into your cell and then hijacks your DNA making equipment, you start to make viral proteins in your cell itself. So you have your immune cells, which can express stuff that they've phagocytosed, and any other cell in your body that has a nucleus and is making viral proteins, that can also um, present those foreign uh, molecules. And that's, that gives you an idea. And because they, there are two different mechanisms, there are two different processes by which you can crunch up the uh, big proteins from the viruses or the big proteins that you phagocytosed and express them on the surface uh, of, your, of your cell and on your major histocompatibility complex. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to tell you how the one that is present in every single one of our cells, how this happens. So when describing uh, MHC1, we really need to look at more uh, intracellular components. And one of these is, again, something that's never really described. It's something called a proteasome. And what it does is it's a bit like a hoover and it sort of sucks up all the um, bits of protein that are sort of in your cytosol lying around. And these cytosolic and nuclear proteins, these are degraded um, endogenous proteins. Uh, these are synthesized by cell itself and also viral proteins. They are shredded by the proteasome into these little tiny peptides in the cytosolic fragment. And you have uh, an organelle in your body called the endoplasmic reticulum. And in the wall of that, you have a little doorway called um, a transporter for antigen processing. It's a, it's, it's a doorway made especially for your antigens. This, it's called TAP for short. And this translocates these peptides from the, lumen, uh, from the cytosol into the lumen of the endoplasmic reticulum. Within that endoplasmic reticulum, so through that little tap doorway, there are uh, MHC class 1 uh, heterodimers. There are sort of structures. So MHC class 1 structures that are waiting to have a little bit of peptide bound to it. Um, and so what happens is, is that the little peptide comes from the cytosol through the doorway and binds to an MHC class 1 molecule that's waiting in the endoplasmic reticulum. The endoplasmic reticulum then sort of merges into the Golgi and so this MHC1, which now has a peptide bound to it, is transported from the endoplasmic reticulum uh, through the Golgi and then out onto the surface of the cell. And that sounds like quite an involved process, I'll be frank with you. But actually, it's, uh, it's, it's another one of these things that are phenomenal. And I'll give you a few little statistics about that. The efficiency of antigen processing is 150 peptides presented per second out of 2 million peptides generated. So your proteasome creates quite a few million uh, peptides a second. 2 million peptides a second. So that, that little bit of kit that shreds those proteins creating 2 million peptides a second. Uh, the, unfortunately, the, the half-life of cytoplasmic peptides is about 5 seconds, so, you know, only about 
150 MHC class 1 molecules are loaded with peptides a second. So the efficiency is such that you get 150 peptides of those 2 million being presented. But that's still a lot per second. So on the surface of your cell, every second, you have MHC molecules popping up like you know little tiny sprouts all over the top of your all over the top of your surface of your cell uh, expressing what you have and this is useful i suppose because if you then no longer you know and then it will disappear after a while so if you no longer have uh, an internal protein it's no longer displayed on the surface of your cell um, and this is a, so it's a very very dynamic process it's a very fluid process and again this is not something that's really translated very well when you first learn biology you kind of think of the cell as quite a static almost a solid sort of thing it's really not this is a blobby lipid it's a blur you know and you have this mhc on its surface all the time so that's how essentially you you have big proteins in the cytosol shredded into small proteins and expressed on the surface the other way of doing this um, is if you're uh, if you phagocytosed something and so you haven't got cytosolic proteins, you have, following phagocytosis, a phagolysosome, which essentially has broken down all of the bits of your, uh, all of the bits of your invaded bacterium or whatever it is in this phagolysosome. And so the MHC is presented in a slightly different way. You don't have this sort of, you don't have the same process of the proteasome and things like that you have a slightly different process where the phagolysosome um, produces its antigens and these are associated with an MHC, but this time it's a class 2 MHC and this is then expressed on the surface of the cell quite frequently. So you present foreign antigen on the surface of your cell uh, the entire time very, very, very effectively um, and no matter what's going on, out comes your proteins. That's great. And this allows our immune system, our T-cell receptors and our antibodies to recognize uh, foreign proteins quite effectively. The other role of the MHC is obviously uh, to identify you as you. And the reason that uh, they are quite unique is that I think it is uh, you have approximately three MHC class 1 genes and a possible four sets of MHC class 2 genes on every chromosome. And a normal human being can have up to six different MHC class 1 molecules and eight different varieties of MHC class 2 molecules on your cells. And then of your MHC class 2 genes the number of those molecules are increased still because of their shapes. They have these sort of shapes, alpha and beta chains, and they're encoded by different chromosomes as well. So you find that, um, you find that there is a lot of variation in the shape, the structure. There are more than 200 alleles of some human MHC uh, class 1 and class 2 genes. So that means that really the variety of any in the in the sort of the shape and structure of any one MHC molecule is vast in a nutshell and that means that the likelihood of you having an identical MHC molecule to your mum or your dad is really really small which is why you find that um, as I've said we understand MHCs in terms of transplant can you recognize someone as foreign or not and the thing is is that um, 
if you wanted to give someone a skin graft, for example, you wouldn't be able to do it normally. Uh, you'd have to match the MHC. And the likelihood of it being someone in your family is, is probably higher maybe than Joe Bloggs, but not necessarily because of this large variety in the MHCs themselves. So essentially, every, everyone is, is completely different and quite unique. And it sort of basically disables us from being able to just randomly give someone a kidney. It's just not possible because of that. Um, some animals, however, this is an interesting thing, actually have very, very limited MHC diversity. Uh, I'll give you a list. So Tasmanian devils, um, giant pandas, European beavers, uh, Spanish ibex and cheetahs. And when I was researching this, apparently cheetahs are the most famous example of an inbred population. And if you have an unrelated cheetah, you can mutually tolerate skin grafts. So you could give, I, I don't know who did this. I don't know who would be thinking up this particular experiment, but you can essentially get a skin graft from one cheetah and give it to another cheetah and they won't have an issue with it because their MHC molecules are so similar. Their immune systems just think that they're the same cheetah and therefore don't have issue with it. Um, and so, you know, that's that gives you an example of, of, of how varied our immune systems are. It's very difficult to match uh, people when you give them organ transplants. And so what you actually have to do is immunosuppress them um, so that they will actually accept that this is this is the same, you know, that they will accept an organ. They won't do it otherwise. And the way that uh, the MHC is recognised is via uh, not the T-cell receptor this time, but a CD molecule that is attached to each of your T-cells. So an MHC2, for example, is recognised by your T-helper cells. Um, the T-helper cells have a CD molecule called CD4, and this will latch on to your MHC2. And in doing so, um, you will also uh, bring the T-cell receptor and the antigen kind of closer together. It's, it's kind of like a little sort of a latch, a docking mechanism. So if that doesn't happen, and if your MHC is foreign, it won't happen, and you, you won't get um, any kind of recognition going on. And likewise, um, the MHC1s, which are the ones that um, are on every single nucleated cell. These are recognised by the CD8 molecule on a cytotoxic T cell. And it is these that are recognised if, if you have a foreign kidney, for example, and you have an MHC1 on that foreign kidney that is obviously not of you, your cytotoxic T cells will recognise that. And if the cytotoxic T cell comes along and recognises that the uh, MHC is foreign and that cell will be killed. Um, or if it recognises that the antigen presented on the MHC is foreign, um, that the cell will also be killed. So cytotoxic T cells do love to kill things. So their CD8 molecule recognises the MHC1, latches onto it, and then so you know carries on and, and does exactly you know all the things that your T cells are going to do and I do cover that in uh, another podcast on T cells. So in summary the, M the function of the MHC molecule is to bind your peptide fragments that are derived from your pathogens, display them on the surface of your cell uh, which is then recognized by your appropriate T cells and then the T cell goes on and kills it. And the other function is for the MHC to act as a sort of an ID tag and to identify you as you. 
Uh, one of the reasons that you can identify you as you and you are quite unique uh, is because the uh, MHC molecule is polygenic. And so there are a wide variety of them in, in, you know, uh, in our population. So therefore, you are very unlikely to have uh, a similar gene, a, a similar MHC molecule to the person sitting next to you. The other thing is, is that I haven't mentioned before, is that MHC is also highly polymorphic. That means that there are multiple variants of each gene within the population. Uh, so it really means that um, it is very difficult um, for the MHCs to really, really, really uh, be the same. Um, and the, the large variety of the MHCs means that we really do have uh, an ability to be quite unique for our MHC molecules. So thanks for listening to this uh, immunology series on the MHCs. And if you want to listen to more podcasts on immunology, do go to the Fran Science Art website. I hope you enjoyed this and join me next time for more immunology fun uh, with Fran Science Art. Thanks for listening. <laughs>